Welcome, everybody, to a Hope Alive Church podcast. This is Pastor Andy. We hope that you enjoy the word today. We hope that it grows, stretches you. We love you. We'll see you soon. Just the still presence of his spirit in this room tonight. We love you, Lord. Lord, like Pastor Martha said, we thank you for the times that we could see you clearly. But we say thank you for the times where we didn't know what was going on, but we still know you had us in the palm of your hand. We thank you for the times we could hear you audibly clearly, but thank you for the times we had to step out by faith, not knowing what was coming or what was going on, but we knew that if you brought us to it, you wouldn't lead us out of it, God. We know that all things are working together for good to those who love the Lord. If you love Jesus, just shout one more time for him tonight. Come on, lift the roof off this place, giving him the praise and glory he's worthy of. Jesus in the room tonight I said I feel Jesus in the room tonight you might as well get ready to feel him in a new and fresh way because I believe he's in the room on Wednesday night Woo! turn to your neighbor and say he's here he's here he's here he's here come on turn to your other neighbor say I promise he's here you may be seated tonight thank God for the Holy Ghost tonight Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for our church tonight? Amen. How many of you are thankful for our facility that we get to have tonight? Can we just thank God for that? We are grateful. I'm glad we have a place to meet. Amen. I'm glad we have a building. But we proved that on last Sunday morning, we proved that we don't need to be here to have church. The building doesn't have power. It's the people that have the power. Amen. We can get together in an old Coliseum barn and still feel the presence of the Holy Ghost. Can we thank God for all the volunteers and everybody that served last Sunday? Amen. If you weren't with us, we had a great time celebrating. But I said all that to say we are blessed with our facility here. Now, I know you can tell around the room we don't, have, we don't have enough room, but we have what we need for this season right now. But I really feel that it's the right thing to say we're going to have to take good care of what we have right now. Before God trusts us with more, we're going to have to take care of what we have right now. Amen. Amen. So don't leave your coffee cups. Look at your neighbor. Don't leave your chewing gum and your toenail clippings and your peanut shells. Turn to your neighbor and say, this ain't Texas Roadhouse. Don't leave your peanut shells in the floor. Let's, let's thank God. Can we thank him one more time for our facility we have? We want to be good stewards of that. Amen. We want to be good stewards of that. Amen. Let's go to the word tonight. Are you hungry for the word? Amen. Mark chapter 11, everybody say part 7. Can you believe part 7 
of this series, A Life of Faith. Say that with me, A Life of Faith. How many of you have learned something about faith in this series that we've been in? Amen. I, I feel, Pastor Jeff, that tonight and this coming Sunday that we're going to wrap this up, but these are probably the two most important things I think that are key elements to this concept and this teaching and this series on faith. I want to turn your attention to Mark chapter 11. If you have your Bible, they're going to put it on the screen behind me. But let's read it together. This is our theme scripture, and you can bring the house lights up just a little bit on the side so everybody can read their Bible well. Mark chapter 11, verse 22 says this. So let's read it together. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, come on, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. Let's say it. He will have whatever he says. Let's pause and thank the Lord for that right there. Amen. Yeah. Come on. Verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, Believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen. That is Jesus' own exhortation to us to have faith. Everybody say faith. Now we've been talking and I've been warning you. I've been warning you that you need to listen. If you're here for the first time, you need to listen to part one through part six to get where we're at tonight. This has been a cumulative series that has been leading and laying a lot of foundation. So don't just listen to tonight. Uh, uh, you need to listen to tonight, but you need to hear the other in order for it to make sense. Amen? Because context is so important. You can find those on our platforms for podcasts and stuff like that. But uh, I want, I've been talking about the characteristics, developing the characteristics of great faith. Remember, we've been talking about how to speak by faith. Amen? How to not doubt in our hearts. We've been talking about developing these characteristics of great faith. Everybody say great faith. Because we don't need more Christians that have struggling faith. If I'm going to get somebody to pray for me, I promise you, I'm not coming to a person who is struggling if they believe God as a healer or not. I don't want to get prayed for by people who don't believe with their whole heart that Jesus can raise us up and heal us. Amen to that. I don't want to be prayed for by people who are struggling to believe if God is real. God, are you really up there? I don't want to be prayed for by people like that. I want to be prayed for with people, by people who have great faith, who believe in the word, say amen, from Genesis to Revelation. And as believers, we need to develop these characteristics of great faith. Say it again, great faith. One of the characteristics I believe that great faith contains is these words, faith-filled relationships. Faith-filled relationships. These are so important in the life of a believer that the Old Testament book of wisdom, the book of Proverbs, said these words. It said in Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20, in the New King James Version, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. That's the New King James Version. If you walk with the wise, you will be wise. 
If you walk with the people of faith, you will have faith. If you walk with people who tell the truth, you'll learn to tell the truth. Do you understand the concept the Bible is telling us? Now, the, the, the message version, I love this version. It says, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. You know I got one more version I got to share with you. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 13, uh, verse 20 in the, in the ERV, an English reader's version, or the English is just a clear reader's version, says, be friends with those who are wise and you'll become wise, but choose fools to be your friends and you're going to have some trouble. Maybe some of the trouble that you have in your life isn't because of the devil. It could be the friends you keep. Say amen to your neighbor. Tell them not you, but the people you know. <laughs> Listen to me. The Bible is telling us you need faith-filled friendships. The Bible is telling us to be wise about who you surround yourself with. The Bible is telling us that their habits. The Bible said in the book of, I believe it was in the book of Proverbs 2, don't hang out with angry people because you'll become just as angry as them. The Bible is telling us that habits and attitudes, I know there's a lot of babies saying amen, but I need you to listen tonight. Because this is so key. If you got little ones and, you want, and they want a place to go scream, you can take them out. That's fine. If you can get them quiet, that's fine too. But I want to I stay on track here. Say amen so I don't know your man. I know your hiney got a little tight right when I was talking like that. But If you are not careful, your life, look what the Bible says, will rise and fall based on your companions. A key element to developing great faith is assessing the people you run with. Assessing the people you've been exposed to. Assessing the people that you call friends for life, but really they're not doing anything full of life. They're doing things full of death. And if I am going to be your pastor and God's going to be the, the author of this series and the word for this moment, I think it's important that we listen to what the word says, that the companion of fools will be destroyed. You might be off in thinking those fools will be destroyed, but that's not what the word says. The word says the companion of the fools will be destroyed. And so if they have your ear... They can influence your faith. Who's in your ear? Let me break it down to 2023. Who's in your inbox? Who's in your text threads? Who's calling you every day just to make sure you stay up to date with all the gossip? Who's calling you every day saying, I'm just checking to see how all that drama's going on in your life? The Bible is telling us to be aware and to be wise because if you want great faith, you're going to have to be around faith-filled people. Now, I'm not saying you can't uh, uh, you know, witness to those in your work. I'm not saying you can't be around your family. But what I'm telling you is the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, faith comes by 
hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And what is being spoken inside your ear, who's in your ear? Is society in our ear? You may think that it's not, but I guarantee if you're paying attention and you're watching what our kids are watching and what they're listening to, the enemy is getting a lot better at his job to influence the ears. There's an old teaching that we got to guard the gates of our soul, the eye gate, the ear gate. This is a door the enemy tries to sneak in and affect. Romans chapter 10, put it up there, affect your faith. Romans chapter 10 verse 17, affect your faith. Look what it says, faith comes by hearing. I promise you it's in there. The news. Your boss, your friends, if they don't believe what you believe, if they're not believing for the things you're believing for, be careful letting them into the areas that are sensitive that you're believing God for. Can I break this down a little further? You're believing God to be debt free. Let's believe that together. How many of you would like to be debt free? I mean, where you could actually keep your paycheck instead of send it out every week when you get it. You need to be in relationship with people who are not looking for ways to get into debt. If you're believing God for a spouse, you don't need to be running with people who say, I don't need no man. I just need me. If you're, if you're trying to, to lay aside alcohol, you don't need friends that are encouraging you to take shots. Say amen two times. These relationships, not only can they affect your faith, I'm here to tell you they will affect your faith. And if you're going to live a life of faith, you're going to have to understand that your friends make a difference. Your people, your contacts, your confidants, the, the people that run with you, that talk to you, they make a difference in the healthy level of faith you have inside your heart. You are the friends you keep. You are the friends you keep. And the Bible wants better for us than that. The Bible is telling us to build ourselves relationships with people who are wise. Build ourselves, surround ourselves with people who have faith. People who will encourage you to follow the voice of God, not the voice of fear. Some people, the reason why you can't get out of being afraid of things is because the people you go to are just as afraid as you are. And they'll tell you, they'll talk you down instead of talk you or give you life. They'll speak fear into you. And if you're going to have great faith, you're going to have to understand this. I want some friends who can help me get what I need to get from God. I want some friends who are going to believe what I believe. I want some friends who are going to fight with me when I'm fighting the enemy. Not fight me, but fight alongside me as I fight the enemy. I want some people in my life when I'm deciding to praise my way through confusion. I don't need people adding more confusion. I need people who will stand beside me and lift their hands and say, though, though we may not understand it, we're going to praise our way through this situation. That's what... That's what we need is we need faith-filled friends. Jesus was one day teaching in the city of Capernaum. 
He was teaching in the city, and in fact, he had got so popular in the book of Mark, it says that, that he started filling to capacity these places he began to teach. And one day, a man who was paralyzed found four friends. And the Bible tells us that, that they walked and they brought this paralyzed man on a bed and they brought him to the place where Jesus was. But because there were so many people, because of the crowd, it says. Huh, that's a message right there. Some people will not even try to fight for their miracle because the crowd slows them down. But not these four friends. These four friends said if we can't get to him through the front door... We'll go to the roof, we'll dig a hole in the roof, and we'll let him down on this bed because we know that if we can get in the presence of Jesus, this man will, stop, will not remain sick. The Bible says all of a sudden, a roof, a hole in the roof. Now, one thing you've got to understand is this was not a, 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 just a, an easy, smooth process. Those houses were built with, with stone and with clay and with branches and with, on wood beams. And they were baked in the sun and it was turned, you know, it turned into cement. And so this was chipping away. There was, there was rubble falling through the roof. And Jesus, all of a sudden, those that were in the house, I'm sure, looked up and saw this hole in the sky and the roof. And here come a man being lowered by four people and look what the word says the word says in verse 5 down at the bottom said when Jesus saw their faith not just the man that was paralyzed not just the four friends but the combination of a man who had a need but happened to have some friends that had some faith and when Jesus saw their faith everybody say their faith their faith tells me that there is a, con, con, uh, a conjoined, a collaborative level of faith that can only come to me when I'm associated with people who believe like I believe, who will not stop at what I will not stop at, but who are determined to dig through the circumstances. I don't know who I'm talking to tonight on Wednesday night, but I want to ask you, are you determined to dig through the circumstances to get to Jesus and get what you need from him when he saw their faith everybody say their faith he saw their faith he said to the man your sins are forgiven you and now there's a doctrinal conversation that takes place between Jesus and the Sanhedrin and he asks all these questions but we look on in verse 11 and we see that Jesus commanded the man to rise up to pick up your bed and walk out and the Bible says what what he said for him to do happened just in that fact, and he was healed. Everybody say he was healed. He healed this paralyzed man because of not only his own faith, but the faith of his friends. This is why, this might explain why we get paralyzed in certain circumstances. Because when we're paralyzed and we're, and we're unable to move for whatever reason, sometimes you got to get you somebody that will help pick you up. How many of you ever been in a dark place in your life? How many of you ever been in a dark place and it seemed like it was impossible to get yourself out of? I don't know about you, but let me tell you about your pastor. I can pray for you all day long, but you know the person I struggle to pray for? Myself sometimes. 
But thank God I'm surrounded by Hope Nation and the people around me who when I'm struggling in my cell, I can turn to somebody and I can say, help me up off my paralyzed bed. If you are paralyzed tonight, it may be because you're depending on your strength, which you do not have in that moment. But you need to align yourself with just a few people who will take the roof off the place and get you into a place of miracles. Oh, I wish I had somebody who could relate to this paralyzed man who knew that if I could just get into the presence of Jesus, that I know that I know that I know I will be made whole. When Jesus saw their faith he told the man get up out of your bed now the four friends lowered him through the roof but the man had to get up out of his own bed this was not a grad this wasn't physical therapy he didn't get a little one day and a little the next day he had to stand up by faith remember last week last time we taught we talked to faith without works is dead You're going to have to get up out. They got you there. You got to where you need to be. Let me tell you something. You get to this place and you get in the presence of Jesus and the worship team leads you to the presence of Jesus, but there still comes a responsibility on you to get up out of your situation, to get up out of your mindset, to get up out of your paralyzed place and walk. My friends make a difference. Your friends, your contacts make a difference. And because this man had faithful friends, this is a word for somebody. Quit running with people who are not faithful, who are mad at you one week and happy with you the next week. Now, some of you are related to those people and you can't help that. But when it comes to our friends... Quit running around with people who live and thrive on drama. Quit running around with people who live and thrive on living on the roller coaster of life. These friends were faithful. They were present. I wrote this down and listened to this. You are going to have to surround yourself with people who will bring us to Jesus even when we're paralyzed with doubt. I don't know about you, but sometimes the doubt in my life has been so strong, it tried to paralyze my faith. The doubt in my life had been so overwhelming. The circumstances, the facts that I see, remember we talked about those things. The things that I see seem to be so big. I told somebody today, this wall in front of you seems to be so big, but on the other side of the wall is a promised land. If we can get us some faithful friends to teach us, to encourage us, to challenge us. If you don't got people in your life that you can be a student and they can be a teacher, you might need to change friends. Quit being the one that knows it all. Get around some people who can challenge you. Get around some people. Hear the word of the Lord. You better get around some wise people who can correct you when you're off. Let me come against a spirit of pride for just a moment. If you get mad at everybody and everything that corrects you and tells you you're wrong, you're the problem, not them. Clap for joy right there. If it's been a while since you heard the words, you're way off, you are wrong. You got the wrong friends. You need some friends that can tell you When you got it wrong. 
Listen to me. God designed us to need relationships. He designed us. Remember he told, he looked on Adam and he said, it's not good that man is alone. You can't be a lone ranger and follow the voice of God. He gives us counsel. He gives us friends. He gives us what you have here, the body, community. But the devil knows this need too. And so he will try to, his strategy is to try to intercept your need with an alternative to God's best. And he brings a distraction. Have you ever been friends with a distraction? Have you ever been in love with a distraction? (laughs) Somebody popped in your head right there. I know it was. It was a face. It's what they look like in your head. It's me. And you snuggled up tight. And you look deep into the eyes of one of the devil's distractions. And before you know it, the faith that you had was sucked out of your soul. Because the devil planted a fake, a fraud, a distraction, a diversion. And you thought they were good for you until they introduced you to something. Until they said words that hurt you. Oh, I'm coming tonight. Until they spoke death into the deepest places of your hearing. And planted a seed of doubt in your soul. This is why godly relationships matter. The devil uses this strategy to hold you back. Sometimes, if I could pastor you for a minute, sometimes the good news is you can be free. But the bad news is you're going to have to let go of some friends to be free. The good news is you can get out of this trap that you're in. The bad news is not everybody can get out with you. And if you are too concerned to hurt their feelings instead of help your soul, you'll be tied and anchored and stuck with people who will not lower your paralyzed body into the presence of Jesus. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying tonight? If, if, if you refuse, and I, I hear the voice of the, the Lord just telling me, somebody in this room is saying, yeah, but I can't live without them. Yeah, but I I just can't imagine my life without them. If you refuse to sever those ties, the doubt, the darkness, the debilitating stench of death in their life will anchor you and ground you to a place that God never intended to be your destiny. And you'll be stuck in a valley When he created a mountain for you. Now not only do we need faith filled friends. But we have a biblical responsibility. To be a faith filled friend. To give faith. I talked just a minute about getting their faith when we're down. 
But who in your life can count on your faith? See, because great faith is only great when you use it. It's only great when you're strengthened. And it's great to have faith for yourself. But there is nothing biblical about Lone Ranger Christianity. There's nothing biblical about I love God and I don't need to be associated to his body. That is not biblical. That is a diversionary tactic of the enemy to separate you away from the flock so the wolf can get you at night. You have to give. You have to be a person. The Bible tells us to be a person who not only receives from others faith, but who gives to others faith. Paul told the Romans in Romans chapter 1 verse 11, he said, For I long to visit you so I can bring you the spiritual gift that will help you grow strong, the Holy Spirit. But then he said in verse 2, and when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by your faith. So Paul is telling us there is a reciprocal relationship that is necessary for great faith. Are you friends with people who cannot reciprocate what you give? Are you, are you pouring into vessels that do not pour back into you. That's called a liability, not an asset. That's called a leech, not something that is benefiting you, but something that is taking from you. And I'm here tonight to help you get free. Because God has a great future in store for his people, but we've allowed people to slow us down and stand between us and that great future. Every day, you encounter people who are lost. Every day. This is why we can't just make Christianity self-serving either. Every day, you encounter people who are hopeless. Every day, you encounter people who are overwhelmed by sickness. Every day, you encounter people who their mental health and their emotional state and their physical state is in a state of torment and pain. And you have the answer. Your co-workers are praying for peace and you live with the Prince of Peace in your heart. We cannot just take. We have to be. We have to give. When we hear the doubt in someone else's voice, we have a biblical responsibility, a faith responsibility to speak life into that death speaking. To speak hope into that hopeless uh, 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 conversation or that hopeless confession because our faith becomes stronger when we use it. Not when we come to church and sing about it. Not when we wear t-shirts and hang up pictures about it. But when we use the faith we have on the inside of us to pour God's spirit out. Like Paul said, I want to be encouraged by you. And I want to encourage you at the same time. We need to be people that are faith filled. Now Jesus, Jesus was healing and of course the man had faith but his friends were faith filled friends that could go and could give and could serve and they took time to pick him up and they lifted him up. Who are you lifting up? My question to you. The Bible says because of the crowd they lifted him up on the roof. Who are you lifting up right now? 
Are you taking because you might be the friend we're preaching about? If all you're doing is taking from others and not speaking faith into them. Who are you lifting up? Who are you giving? Because we don't, we don't need to find criticism with people in their, in their states of, of being lost and hurt. We don't need to judge them. We don't, that's the last thing this world needs is more Christians who feel it's their job to be mean and accusatory and condemning and judgmental. We need Christians who will be faith-filled and who will use their faith to bless others. God is counting on you He's counting on me. The Bible charges us to be a light in the darkness in somebody else's life. And that is where we become people who are friends of faith as well. This is so important because we have to understand that your faith could change the outcome of someone else's problem. Aren't you grateful that others' faith has changed the outcome of your problem? Aren't you grateful that we have prayer team who their faith helps change the outcome of the situation? Aren't you grateful you have a spouse or you have a a family member that you can call on? Your faith can change somebody's situation. Your faith can can bring light into their darkness. Your faith can, can break the addiction over their life. Your faith can be what God uses to propel someone into their destiny simply because you believe you are a faith-filled person and you want to develop the ability to be a faith-filled friend. That's why you got to find you some friends that will lift you up. That's why you got to find you some friends, I'm closing with this, that will keep you wrapped when you are coming unraveled in this world. This is why the enemy uses those soul ties. This is why the enemy uses relationships to try to distract and divide and dilute. Hear me, I heard this from the Holy Spirit. Some of you in this room have allowed people to dilute the hope. To divide the unity in your own mind. You've allowed people in their words. Can I, can I talk to some adults here tonight? I feel specifically that there's some of you that have allowed partners, sexual partners or intimate partners that you've had in the past to tie you to a place of darkness that you've not been able to be free from. That's what I heard the Holy Ghost say today. The enemy's trying to keep you Anchored to doubt and pain. And tonight I brought a Holy Ghost pair of scissors. And my assignment and our assignment tonight is to tell you, for you to access a level of great faith, you're going to have to cut some people off. You're going to have to cut some names out of your phone. You're going to have to stop answering some calls and some texts. You're going to have to block some accounts because they've got you tied to a place of doubt. Some of you 
The Spirit told me some of you believe that you are less than worthy because a partner from your past have told you you're nothing but trash. You're broken. You're screwed up. You're worthless. You don't have value. Maybe they didn't use those words, but maybe for years they never spoke life into you. Maybe they didn't say you're worthless, but they never said you're valued. Oh, there it is. Maybe, maybe they never spoke life into you, but they called you names. And these faithless connections have kept you from stretching. And you didn't believe you could because they told you you'd never be able to. I feel tonight that the reason many people live beneath their God-given potential is they get stuck in relationships and don't know how to let go of certain things. And for your faith to be great, you cannot look back. You cannot look down. You cannot look out. If you'll keep your eyes on Jesus, He'll align you with the people and the relationships and the business partners and the spouse and the friends for your children that will be a carrier for you to your future, not a weight to slow you down. Stand with me all over the room tonight. My prayer team is coming and my call to you tonight is this. I've told you the power of great faith and great relationships. Tonight I've asked Dr. Emily to come and pray because I really believe that there is a emotional and mental tie that tries to come and grip itself onto people. But tonight I cannot be your pastor and this cannot be, this cannot be a word from God unless I say it, unless I speak it out. You cannot leave this place bound to the same things that you were bound with. The Holy Ghost told me there are people who are married to people now but are still making thoughts and still paying and still being held by things that happened in the past, in past relationships. I know there might be a few young ones in here, but I want to say this. Specifically, specifically sexual partners. That, the Bible says that is, a, that is an intimate moment. And you, have, you might have made unholy things that God was doing in your life that was holy. Maybe it wasn't your choice. Maybe someone stole from you. But I'm here to tell you tonight, you don't have to live in that bondage don't have to live in that dark place you can be free here it is close your eyes with me all over the room here it is freedom tonight from those people from those things that have tried to weigh you down if you're in this room tonight and you need prayer if you're in this room and one of these things fit you if you're in this room and you don't know how to get out yeah you don't know how to get out you need God to help you in this place, in this moment right now. 
Maybe if nobody prays for you, but you just want to come to this altar and let your, let your heart pour out to Jesus. This is the moment to do this in this setting right now. Get out of your seat and come. Let us pray with you. Well, we hope that you enjoyed today's message. Follow us on our social media platforms. You can also go to our website, download our app. Uh, we always have great things happening. You can follow what's going on. We love you. We'll see you later.